guys. Uh, as you can see, we're back in the shed for this episode of uh, Our Drunken History. Yeah, Zach got an air conditioner installed out here. It's a pleasant 76 degrees in, in the shed. And, and dropping. And yeah. dropping. We, uh, we are uh, celebrating this fine summer evening by talking about something we've 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 had a couple episodes where we've we've talked about baseball we don't want to beat a dead horse here so if you guys are tired of baseball just let us know yeah but until then man we're we're both baseball fans and tonight uh we are going to talk about the field of dreams uh as most of you know last week was the field of dreams game uh between the reds and the cubs and uh we got the idea while we were filming and we were watching it to, yeah. to do this episode and cover a great American movie covering a great American pastime. That's right. Well, our, our last baseball episode, the beer and baseball episode, it was it was our its first week. It had more downloads than any other episode in its first week that we've done so far. So it's been by far our most popular episode today. Thank, thank you for that, guys. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah, uh, and so. And we had a few comments and people uh, comment and saying how much they liked the episode. And I don't know if it's the beer. I don't know if it's the baseball. Maybe a little bit of both. But uh, so I know I like we'd, both. We'll do another <laughs> another baseball episode. And like Zach's saying, that that's a, it's a great movie. It has a good story behind it. And then uh, and, and then the game associated with it too. And with Yellowstone right now, Kevin Costner's All the Rage. Oh yeah, All so the Rage. It even gets to touch a little bit on 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 that. Yeah, a little popularity. That's right. Uh, I don't know how many times you've seen Field of Dreams. I've probably seen it 25 times. It's one of my favorite yeah. all-time movies. I haven't seen it in a while, but I've seen it probably at least probably eight or ten times, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a... It gets a little sappy, and then they milk it a little hard, but I, I just never... When it's on, I can't change the channel. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it on Amazon, on Amazon Prime, and then you get... Uh, it comes on TV, you know, on the TBS or something yeah. every once in a while. And so it, it's a, like you said, you saw it, it's a good movie. So you don't flip the channel, just stand there and watch. And it's it's uh, sentimental. Yeah. You know, it's it's not only, it's it's from your youth, it's from my youth. It's from many of your youth. You guys watched it growing up. Yeah. But it's it's that story of, a, you know, the, the you and you, your dad button heads. And then, yeah. you know, the when they play catch at the end, it's like. It's a tearjerker. Yeah, finally, kind of get to resolve some unfinished, yeah, business kind of thing with with the, with his dad. Yeah, and it end up being, a, and then with, and then how it ends with the the cars all showing up. I, yeah, and watching it. That's that, a, that's, that's a really interesting story. How they got that scene. Oh really? Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you all about it. Okay. So, uh, Field of Dreams was filmed in 1989. It was based on a book written in 1982 called Shoeless Joe. Yeah. By. Uh, an author whose last name is Kinsella. That's where they got the name for Ray Kinsella in the movie. Okay. And uh, his dad, John Kinsella. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of chronicles, it, it, the, the movie centers around the 1919 Chicago White Sox World Series team, most commonly known as the Chicago Black Sox. Yeah. Uh, yeah, back then it was the, there were the Black Sox before they... Do you know why it was the Black Sox? No. So... There's debate. Over okay. This. So the Black Sox, because they were blackballed, there was eight guys who got caught cheating in the World Series. They threw the World Series for money from a gam from yeah. gam gamblers. They they guys were betting on the game and the, the, on the series, and they they threw the series to the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, okay. In 1919, 
the owner of the team, uh, Charles Comiskey, Comiskey Park. Okay, yeah. Uh, was was where they played 1910 through 1990 is where the White Sox played yeah. in Chicago. Um, so he was a he was an ass. He was a real shitty owner. Okay. Uh, and he had been a player. You know, he played in the 1880s, I think it was. Okay. But uh, he was such a penny pincher. He would not pay to launder the uniforms. He wanted the guys to pay to launder their their own uniforms, and they wouldn't do it. So their uniforms just got dirty. Yeah. So there's a big debate over whether the Black Sox name came because of the scandal and they were blackballed or because they just played in dirty uniforms. Oh, that's and it has yet to be decided on where it actually came from. Well, I mean, I guess both could be correct, though, too. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, so the movie, as, as you know, we'll just give like a quick uh, rundown of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Ray Kinsella is a farmer in Iowa, and uh, he's out... He's a corn corn farmer, which is why we're we got a little bit of Gentleman Jack here. Also because Shoeless Joe Jackson was kind of the the face of the nineteen nineteen Chicago White Sox scandal. Yeah. Even though it's debatable on whether he actually participated in it, and I'll, I'll cover that as well. But uh, so Gentleman Jack for Shoeless Joe Jackson and its corn whiskey. Uh, anyway, uh, he's out in his cornfield and hears the voice, uh, if you build it, he will come. Yeah. Gets a vision, builds a baseball field. Uh. Yeah, he hears the voices, uh. Throughout the film and it, it changes. Yeah, and then, uh, and then he thinks he's going crazy at first. And, and he, he, I don't remember exactly how he finally determined that it, he needed to build a field. He he had a vision. He was oh. out in the corner and he looked. He, he just looked over and a field showed up and then disappeared. And that's, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So he uh, he plowed his corn under, leveled it, put in stadium lighting, put in a baseball field. Um, never knew what was going on. Why? Yeah. The seasons passed and then all of a sudden, shoeless Joe Jackson was out there playing baseball in his outfield. And he invited the rest of the Black Sox. They invited other teams, or the other individual other players, players yeah. from other teams. They hosted games out there. But only those who were uh, worthy, I guess you could say, could see them. Other people couldn't see them. Yeah, because there was like the, uh, the brother-in-law. He was like and the banker or whatever. He was a dick. Yeah, he yeah. Was an asshole in the whole movie. Yeah, Tim- he was trying Tim- to take their farm from Timothy Busfield, I think yeah. is his name. Yeah. He's at the end. He was like, "I'm gonna take your farm, like your own brother-in-law, working for the bank, trying to yeah. foreclose on your property." That's, yeah, that's pretty shitty. Um, the movie stars, as we said, Kevin Costner, uh, Amy Madigan is his wife, James Earl Jones plays Terrence Mann, uh, Ray Liotta is shoeless Joe Jackson, and it was kind of sad, but also cool in a way because he died just before the game this year. Yeah, so they did a lot of things honoring Ray Liotta. Um, and Burt Lancaster played uh, Moonlight Archibald Moonlight Graham. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and that was his last film role that he ever took. Really? And he actually initially didn't want to be part of it, but one of his friends was a huge baseball fan and talked him into okay. taking the part. Interestingly enough, Kevin Costner was not the first choice. That's right. To play had, Ray Kinsella, he had just did the, uh, Bull, the Durham. Bull Durham movie. So they the doing a back to back baseball movie. Yeah. Do you know who was initially offered the role? No. Who was? Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. And Tom Hanks read through the skip. He turned down the role, still read through the script, and 
they, in an interview, he said, this will be this generation's It's a Wonderful Life. That's cool. He fell in love with the script. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner, they did, and eventually they offered it to him, and he jumped on it. And he actually helped produce the film. Yeah. That, that's pretty neat, because I, I think it was a... It's one of those things, like, you, you hear about other actors that read for a role or were considered for a role. Yeah. But... <clears throat> I really can't see anybody else but Kevin Costner in that. And I love Tom Hanks, and he would yeah. he would have done amazing. He done great. He, you know, he 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 can sell anything. Like I think he's just a phenomenal actor. I don't think but, one of his movies I haven't liked. You know, was, I don't know. Have, yeah, I, don't know I, I, I like him. I, yeah. I like him. So, yeah, but, it's like <clears throat> with Tom Hanks. Speaking of him, you know, with Forrest Gump, the uh, he won the Best Actor Academy yeah. Award for that. Well, they offered that that role to. Uh, uh, John Travolta first before I didn't know that yeah and Travolta turned it down and I could not picture Travolta being no, Forrest Gump no I, I like some of Travolta's shit but not all of it yeah but Tommy you can't, you can't go wrong you can't go wrong with Tom Hanks or no. Kevin Costner I mean they're both yeah both, I agree both gold um so as we said the the movie is you know one of the the big key things is is the Black Sox um, do you know out of that scandal one of the things that the most interesting things that nobody ever pays attention to that scandal is what led to there being a commissioner of, a single commissioner of baseball really okay yeah. so that before that there was like a uh, what they I don't even I, I read about this uh, the National Baseball Commission and it was the owners got together and voted on shit Okay. Well, due to this this whole Black Sox scandal, they decided to in, to bring in one man to get the integrity back in the sport. Yeah, um, and it was a guy by the name of uh, Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis. That's a mouthful. It's a fucking. It's <laughs> a name. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and he he chose even though. They had public hearings about all this, and the guys were eventually acquitted, which is bullshit because they did yeah. cheat. Uh, he barred them from ever playing in the major leagues again, and barred them all from being in the hall. Oh, yeah, in the hall of fame. Um, Shoeless Joe was one of the best players in the era. Yeah, in in the in in the the. Teens, the 19 teens era. Um, he has a, a career batting average of 356, which is the third best of all time wow. between uh, behind Ty Cobb and Rogers Hornsby. Okay. Yeah. Which is, how can you not put a guy like that in the hall? Yeah. The, the thing is, he initially admitted to taking a $5,000 bribe. Okay. And... He, but he, he stated that he never met the, uh, and this was all in front of a, a, a grand jury, he stated that he never met the gamblers that were behind the, the whole thing. Um, and then he later recanted his admission Yeah. and then denied until the day he died that he was ever involved in it. Well, so back then, though, too, you think of it, baseball players weren't, they didn't make a lot of money. They they didn't the no, but baseball they, didn't they, pay very well. He five thousand dollars was a lot of fucking money back then. That's what I'm saying. Five thousand dollars is a lot of money to me today. Yeah. <laughs> well, so back then, you know, a lot of baseball players worked normal jobs too yeah. because a lot they, of guys were selling cars and yeah, you know, 
they didn't have railroads a, and shit in the off season to, just to make ends meet. Yeah, because they didn't do like the brand deals and sponsorships right, and stuff yeah. like they do now. And so, and especially five thousand dollars, you you could buy a new house for five thousand dollars. Absolutely, back then. yeah. So, yeah, I, I could see the the conflict of interest. It'd be and, tough uh, to turn down. It would yeah. be real. I would I would have to, and I didn't even think about looking up the the today's value of the the inflation. What it would be. Yeah. But it's got to be a lot of fucking money. Oh, yeah. Five grand is... That's a chunk. Yeah, I remember uh, when we did the World War II episode, it was... Because that was from the 1940s. It was... It was like 30 times what the value was. So it's probably even more than that. Oh, so, way more, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, you're probably looking at probably $150,000 equivalent nowadays. Yeah, that's a chunk. Yeah. Uh, due to this, there were eight guys on the that were part of, the, and they made movies about that. Charlie Sheen was in one, Eight Men Out. Oh yeah. Um, but it was uh, Chick Gandel was was kind of the 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 front, the force behind this. He really was. Yeah. Even though everybody thinks of Shoeless Joe just because he was the guy, uh, Chick Gandel was the guy that was leading the 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 charge on this gambling thing. But it was a Chick Gandel, Eddie Chicote, uh, Happy Felsch, Lefty uh, Williams, Shoeless Joe, uh, Fred McMullen, uh, and two guys I never heard. Swede, uh, Risberg, and uh, Buck Weaver okay. were the, the eight guys who were involved in the, in the scandal. Yeah. They, uh, none of them besides Shoeless Joe would have made it to the hall. Yeah. But they fucked him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, one thing about the movie, too, which is which is kind of cool that not many people know, Moonlight Graham was an actual baseball player. Archibald Moonlight Graham was a real baseball player. Okay. Which I knew uh, from reading about this before. Uh, he played for the New York Giants. He was put in as a right field defensive replacement, which the movie did, did go into. Uh, he never fielded a ball, never... Never even touched the baseball. And when the game ended, he was on deck. He never got a major league at bat. Because they talked about that in the movie, too. Yeah. He never, they, he I, never... I believe they changed the year. In real life, it was 1922. And I think in the movie, they made it in 1905. Or maybe I got the, the years mixed up. But yeah. I, I believe those are the two years that it was. Um, but he actually did go to University of Maryland and become a doctor. And then moved to... Uh, uh, what's the name of the town? Chisholm? Oh, yeah, Chisholm, Minnesota. Um, that's, that, that's great how they can tie in actual events and actual history with it, though. With and that was part of the that was all part of the book. But one of the cooler things in, in that not many people know, too, is Terrence Mann, James Earl Jones' character, yeah. was based on J.D. Salinger. Okay. And in the book, it's J.D. Salinger. Who wrote Catcher in the Rye? I'm sure. Okay, yeah. A lot of you know. Uh, I, mean, I could listen to James Earl Jones read the phone book. It'd be, yeah, he's got, he's got <laughs> that, that booming that voice. voice yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is, J.D. Salinger caught wind that they were going to use him in the movie, and he threatened to sue for the use of his name in the movie. Yeah. And so for the movie, they changed it from J.D. Salinger to Terrence Mann. Yeah. So that, and. <laughs> 
Like, why would you not want to be associated with this amazing film? He was afraid he wasn't going to get his cut. So, he, yeah, so then he pulls some sort of uh, litigation a, and then gets a completely cut. Stunt, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it would have, it would have, like, I know J.D. Salinger's pretty well known anyway. Yeah. But it would have made him popular again with. Yeah. You know, another another avenue. Another generation. To, to get your name yeah. out there, yeah. The filming of the movie took place in Dyersville, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, at it was at like four or five farms that they used to film. Yeah. Um, and they built the field like on the property line of two farms that are right there next to each yes. other. Yeah. So I, I believe they built two fields. Oh yeah, one for yeah. And the one farmer plowed his up and turned it in back into corn, and the other one kept his and used it as a tourist. Yeah. Trap. And there's sixty five thousand people a year go to this field. So if you do the overhead views on the actual, the, the major yeah. league field, uh, you can see they're joined by a walking path. Yeah. So you can go back and forth and actually see the house. Yeah, because in 2019, uh, they they built a new field there at that farm yeah. for the, the new Field of Dreams game that they plan on having every year now. Yeah. They were supposed to have their first game in 2020. Yep. And they got postponed and canceled because of COVID. Yep. But yeah. It was initially supposed to be between the Yankees and White Sox. Yeah. And then due to the the shortened season, yeah. they replaced the Yankees with the Cardinals. And 10 days before the game was to be played, they canceled it for logistical reasons. Yeah. And then played it the following year with the Yankees and White Sox. And did you, I don't know if you watched the game, I watched it. I didn't watch, I watched uh, some of the highlights of it and then they, when they, hit, you know, because Kevin Costner came out and he threw the first pitch. He was pitch incredible, yeah. He he, the speech, speech he gave yeah. was, was amazing. Uh, all the all the players walked out of the corn. That, that was I, the I'll really I'll be straight with you, man, I teared up a little bit. I did. I, I they did a, little, a really good a job foggy. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, but the coolest part of that to me was the game itself you had, you know, some of the best players in the game. You had Judge and Stanton both hit homers into the corn. Yeah. And even though I'm a Yankees fan, the game couldn't have ended any better than it did with Tim Anderson hitting a walk-off home run. Yeah. For the White Sox to win. Uh, just, yeah. uh, just a storybook. Well, it was an extra innings too, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so it, it was, was such a good game. So you had drama going oh, on. Oh, God, the first. yeah. It was, it was fucking amazing start to finish. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it they uh, it's pretty neat because well, and they modeled that field, the new field that the MLB built off of the White Sox off of old Comiskey. St- yeah, off, off of, of Comiskey report. Park. Yeah, because I think it it's like an eight thousand seat stadium, yep. and uh, it's a more intimate venue. It's supposed to be a lot closer to the to the yeah. action and more of an old old timey baseball stadium versus it's a, it's the this I want to go there someday. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna make it. I no question. Uh, they need to have like some minor league games and stuff there. They do. They do. They okay. do. Yeah. The, the week, the games leading up to it. Um, I know the Quad City River Bandits play there a lot. Okay. Um, which, fuck, what a cool. Yeah. Because yeah, I watch I watch some of the minor league games up there on TV. It's, yeah. It's great. Um, the cool thing that they did this year, and I, and it sucked because because Ray Liotta had just died. Yeah. Just weeks before the game. Um, they dedicated a lot of of it to him. But this year was the Cubs and the Reds. Yeah. And uh, it was, Kevin Costner couldn't make it due to a scheduling conflict. But it was really cool the way they did it, you know, because Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr., they both played for the Reds at different times. And they, they played for the Mariners together. They're, yeah. they're the only father-son 
combination ever, probably that ever will be, that hit a home run in the same game for the same team. Yeah. But they both played for the Reds. You know, Griffey grew up in, Junior grew up in Cincinnati because his dad was a Red. Uh, and with them playing in the game, they brought them both out to play catch in homage to John and Ray Kinsella playing catch at the end of Field of Dreams. That's pretty cool, yeah. Really neat. Really, really <laughs> touching. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember one of my favorite Griffey highlights is when they were both playing for the Mariners together. Uh, there was a just a routine fly ball hit to left field, and it's, Griffey Sr. was playing left field, and he was set up to catch this fly ball, and Junior comes flying in and catches it right in front of his dad and yeah. like gives his dad a little wink or whatever. It's like, you know, this yeah, is... son of a bitch. His <laughs> <laughs> dad just, just sat there with a hand on his hip, like shook his head like, you asshole. <laughs> you know, I, I... Man, when it comes down to the best baseball player I have ever seen in my life, Griffey is. Yeah. It, it, I have a really hard time deciding between him and Bo Jackson. And Bo Jackson's yeah. career obviously didn't pan out the way that he wanted it to, you know, got cut short. But those two were just on a whole other level from everybody I have ever seen. Oh, well, I mean, Bo Jackson was just such a phenomenal athlete. Just best, all athlete best all around athlete I've ever seen. And and back back when we were kids, if you remember the the Bo knows commercial, yeah. Bo knows baseball, Bo knows all these other yeah. sports, and they had him all playing all these different things yep. on the TV commercials. But yeah, that dude. He, my uh, my bedroom growing up, I had the poster of him with the shoulder pads holding the baseball bat with his arms draped over. Yeah, it. such a cool poster. <laughs> nah, uh, th- those two were just out of this world good. Yeah. I met Griffey. Really? At, okay. at, a, at a celebrity golf tournament in Vegas. You know, Griffey, he had the size. He probably could have made a wide receiver, and he had the speed. The dude's a monster. Yeah. He's huge. And he his was arms, fast. Dude, his arms are fucking enormous. <laughs> really cool guy. Yeah. Super nice, man. He was, he was uh, you know, signing autographs for Kizzy. Right? Signed one for me, too. Oh, heck yeah. But uh, he was he was really, uh, he wasn't a dick, man. He was, like, super down-to-earth, really approachable, really good guy. Yeah, that's pretty uh, neat. Yeah. Someone, always, someone always, that you want, like... As a role model for your kids. Like, yeah, you always like hearing the stories like that because you, you hear some of the negative stories of running celebrities that are yeah. assholes or blow or want to charge for autographs yeah. or different things. Like, yeah, it's good when you when you there's a lot of them out there that are that are probably like that. They probably get overshadowed by the negative encounters. Oh yeah, yeah but there's there's a it's always good to hear about the. No, it was it was a cool cool experience to meet him, but. uh I wish he played for the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jeter's my all-time favorite player, but he's not the best player I've ever seen. Oh, oh yeah. by the way, if you guys haven't watched The Captain on uh, ESPN, do it. It's a awesome series. It, it truly yeah. is just a... Yeah, I've got to watch that. It's on my playlist. Too. It's... It's... it's I watched the the whole Michael Jordan series. Yeah, and I'm biased because I'm obviously more of a baseball fan than a basketball fan. Yeah, I thought Cap- the captain was way better. See, like I, I just uh, I, I actually just started rewatching the the Last Dance series with my kids. I was going to have them watch it because we were talking about Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids these days, you know, don't know how how good he was, and I really I haven't yeah. watched a lot of basketball since then since i was a kid and you know my my dad was a huge basketball fan when i was growing up i mean and he played he was 
Still the best three-point shooter I've ever seen in person in my life. He, really? he, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he's a sniper. Another another Larry Bird? I mean, I don't know that I would put <laughs> him in, in, in that Larry Bird, Steve Kerr, Steph Curry class. Yeah. But, I mean, for just a, a normal walking around guy, he'd kick anybody's ass. That's what we're going to... We need to do another episode. We need an episode on some of the great basketball players of oh i'm down for that in the yeah. day so yeah yeah it sucks because it's not going to be current guys because because i i mean my like i said my dad has never seen lebron play a game well i mean and it's and it's it's just different style basketball yeah Le- lebron's a great player i i just you know there's there you, lebron's one of those players almost like tom brady you either love him or you hate He's him polarizing yeah, yeah. and he is a he is a great basketball player i just don't really care for him i uh, personally i well, I didn't have any feelings towards him at all until he went to the Heat. Oh, okay. And the way, not necessarily him leaving Cleveland, but the way that he did it, yeah, I thought was a dick move. For me, one thing always rubs me the wrong way, and I understand he's a great ball player, but he's always acting like he has a chip on his shoulder. He doesn't have to have the attitude or the the yeah, or just, to be just the play and shut up. And it, well, and he doesn't have to brag like he does. Like, like, I think it's a quote Jordan had said at one point, but maybe somebody else said it. Maybe it just got attributed to him. But he said, if you're good enough, people will do your bragging for you. You don't have to say a word. Yeah. And and LeBron is good enough for people to brag for him, but he's you, always running his mouth. How do you think Jordan would do in today's NBA? I think I think he would do great. Uh, I know there's, there's an argument about how athletes are different now than what they used to be, but... But at the time, if you watch Jordan play, he was like a man among boys a lot of times on some of those games because he was such a I, better athlete than some of the teams man, around I him. I think he would kick the shit out of these guys today. But he's definitely a way more physical player and oh, a tougher yeah. player. Well, no one plays defense anymore. Well, exactly. You know, Jordan played in some of those teams against like the, the 80s and 90s Pistons. Bill Lambeer? Yeah. And Not a guy I'd want to charge in the paint against. No, those guys that would just would tee off and, and foul and like, there's several games, you know, Jordan come out with a bloody nose or a busted lip and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, guys would throw elbows. And, yeah. yeah. It was, but I liked it. Oh, yeah. It was, it, hockey, it, it was hockey basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now there's a lot of players that I don't think could handle that. As much as I like Steph Curry, you know, it, he yeah. he, uh, He's the best shooter I've ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah. Seen him throw up shots from like almost half court and make them. But, but as good of a shooter as he is, I don't know if he could handle the physicality of, yeah, of the '80s and '90s basketball. Then guys played dirty, man. Yeah, everything has gotten uh, less physical. Yeah, I mean, oh. hockey is less physical. Football. Yeah, everybody's like how. How do you think Marino would do in today's NFL? Oh, the way they can't even touch a quarterback nowadays. Yeah, Marino would have... He'd throw for, fuck, 100,000 yards in his career. Yeah. He he would... He would... uh, You think it's... I remember when he threw, you know, 5,000 yards and it was, like, a huge deal. Yeah. Well, you think of, uh, like, even Joe Montana or Steve Young and some of those guys that just would get pounded. Yeah. But in today's NFL, yeah. and not to shit on Rodgers or Brady, and Brady's old, you know, old school to a point. Uh, there's just not. Do you remember watching Favre 
get just oh, fucking lit up and then get up and be like, good, good hit. He, he'd get up with his, his helmet like yeah. sideways and like looking through an ear hole. <laughs> yeah, those those guys today would just, I mean, with the protection that they're afforded, it yeah. would be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would be a, a nightmare. For, I would like defense. to see how yeah, far. Marino would, Marino in today's NFL would throw for 6,000 yards in a season. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, because he was he was doing that before it was cool kind of thing. You know, he's he's then, the best. He's not the best quarterback I've ever seen, but he's the best passer I've ever seen. Well, yeah, because he was passing the ball for those yards like that back when most offenses were run dominant, yeah. and now it's kind of flipped yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do a football episode. Well, actually, yeah, we we have a football episode in the works actually. Guys. So we'll work on that. Get ready. Get it ready for football season coming up. Yeah. There's, and the thing is, is like when you go to a football game, like the ones I've and I've never been, I, I've been to a, uh, two NFL games, uh, I've been to a handful of college games, and like they're rowdy and they're they're a blast. They're a yeah. fucking good time. Don't get me wrong, but I've been to uh, over thirteen baseball games, and. Uh, it's it's that, that are major league, and then I've yeah. been to a fucking thousand minor league games. Yeah, and uh, I don't. I just just a better atmosphere for for me. Yeah, I mean it's different. It's a different atmosphere. That's and for sure. Baseball, in my opinion, is the very best first date you can take somebody on. Okay. Because it's a long enough time to where you spend time together. It's a short enough time to where if it's not going well, you can dip out after and not look like a dick. Yeah. Um, it is quiet enough to where you can talk, but it's loud enough where other people aren't going to be listening to your conversation. Yeah. There's other shit. There's something going on, so you're not tied into being the entertainment. Yeah. It's, it's It takes the pressure off both parties. Um, but what if, what if the girl don't like baseball? It doesn't matter. She's there for the date, right. and then you can you can take the time to explain, to mansplain. Mansplain. No, we're gonna offend some people with that. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not, and it's not mansplaining. No, it's, it's it, just it's explaining to somebody who's not into baseball how baseball. Yes, yeah. it, it hasn't. Like I know some girls who are fucking batshit about baseball, and, yeah. they, and they know more about it than I do. And I consider myself like a above average student when it comes to the yeah. game. I'm I'm a. That's a pretty good, pretty good analysis. But, but I, I yeah. just, it's, uh, it's, it's, you can pick or choose day game versus night game. Um, yeah. There's alcohol available, but it's not being rammed down your throat like at a bar. Yeah. It's, uh, there's food to eat, and you can pick and you can go eat a fucking chili dog, or you can actually get something. That's yeah. Well, some a of lot the baseball better. stadiums have like restaurants now yeah. with the uh, with like the the um, pavilion or patio that yeah. overlooks the field and stuff too. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, I just baseball games are the best first date you can go on, and after that they're just an awesome date. They, yeah. I mean they, they truly are. Keisha and I go uh, to Razorbacks games every year, yeah. and we go to some of the Naturals games, and it's just it's a it's always a good time. It never disappoints. Yeah, yeah. We went to a couple of the Razorback softball games last year, and we went to an Oklahoma softball game, and that, those were both those were fun. It's a blast. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is a really good time. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend it if you guys want to go on a date, go to a baseball game. Well, especially like uh, I know he, 
here, I know not all the stadiums are like that, but uh, both the baseball and softball stadium, they have the, the berm and the, yeah. uh, the outfield where you yeah. can bring a blanket or lawn chairs. And that, I love that about minor league games. Yeah. Is most minor league and most college stadiums have something very similar to yeah. the grassy knoll. Yeah, you can go out there and <laughs> you just throw a blanket down and, and chill out. And yeah. And I, I, that's so much fun. That's where we try to sit when we go to the Razorbacks games. That was what's really cool, especially, which I haven't been to a baseball game, but the softball, the the berm, if you sit on the outfield out there, you can bring a cooler and you can like bring a picnic well, and sit there and, and set your blanket up. And For years with the SEC, they didn't allow beer sales at games. Yeah. So it was BYOB if you stayed on the grass. Yeah. So you could roll. Now they have beer at the, at the stadium you can drink. Yeah. But, uh. Still, a lot of people bring their own cooler and set out lawn chairs and hang out in the grass. Yeah, and it's a fucking good time. And that, that's a that's what makes an awesome afternoon. You can sit out there, yeah. have, have you your sandwich and drink you some beers and yeah, watch a game. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, it's pretty good. One more thing I wanted to say about uh, Field of Dreams, yeah, the movie is a big honor. In 2017, it was selected uh, by the Library of Congress to uh, the uh, National Film Registry. It'd be like archived for, for yeah, like for, for yeah. all time. Like, yeah. like that's like... That's pretty neat. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then for, for a movie that didn't win an Oscar. Like, <laughs> yeah, it got but, it, but it has stood the test of time. I mean, it, it truly has. And I, and I love Costner uh, because... So, like, Dances with Wolves was his, his big... Yeah, you know, his, that was a great movie. But, uh... And, and, and rightfully so. Like, he directed it. He wrote it. I heard he's doing another uh, Western epic right now. Oh, okay. That he's, that he's filming um, about, you know, Westward expansion. Uh, but anyway, uh, I loved him in Bull Durham. Yeah. I loved him in Field of Dreams. He was awesome in For Love of the Game, where he was the, the pitcher for the Tigers that threw the perfect game. Yeah. He just... He's a real, he's a legitimate baseball fan that made his baseball movies better than a, a normal movie. You yeah. know, he, he, he was able to, to expand on his own love and show that, yeah. you know, and nurture his, his, his project to, to be this great movie. Well, he made the movies, too. They were about baseball, but they were more than baseball, though, yeah. too. It had some really good messages with it, too. Yeah. So... One another thing I, I saw that I thought it was it was kind of funny with the whole when they built the Field of Dreams for the movie. Uh, like I, like I was saying, they built that the one, the main ballpark on the property line between yeah. two farms, and uh, it was mainly on one uh, one farm, but like the uh, the left field and center field was on a neighboring property. Oh, maybe that's what I read. Is one field two property, not two fields. The uh, the other family, after the filming was was wrapped and everybody left, that one property with the outfield, they had, like you said, they had plowed their yeah their, and regrew corn and regrew the corn, and the other family set up a uh, a tourist attraction, and so that family they they grew corn for a year, and then they when that family realized that their other family was making a bunch of money off of tourist attraction, they rebuilt their outfield oh, portion really? and then set up their own tourist shop out there too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah. So the, the I, one thing I, I I read that the inner that was interesting to me was actually the way it was filmed. So all of the internal scenes where they were in buildings and houses, or whatever, they filmed those first. 
Okay. And then they filmed all the outdoor stuff after because they were waiting on the corn to grow. Oh, okay. They planted it. And then uh, the outfield, they, they wanted to do real grass, obviously, in the outfield. But uh, they couldn't wait for it to grow. Okay. So they hired the Dodgers uh, team field guys, their, their groundskeepers. Yeah. And then they also hired the field, the groundskeepers from the Rose Bowl to come in and lay sod that looked like natural grass. Oh, wow. Which sod is natural grass, but I mean to, to hide the seams and make it look like a... Yeah, to make it Like look a seeded outfield. Yeah. Yeah, and they did a fucking awesome job. Yeah, you can't tell yeah. the way it looks. So... Well, that's uh, that's the Field of Dreams, guys. Field of Dreams, yeah. Was- if, if you haven't seen it, you are doing yourself an injustice. My brother has not seen the movie. If you, if you have Amazon Prime, you can go watch it right now. It's it's on there. Uh, yeah, you won't be disappointed. It's it's a good it's a great family movie. Watch it with your kids. Yeah, it's a uh, it's just the, all the the underlying storylines too of of you know kind of the hippie generation. And, yeah, and into the it, it's just a fucking good movie. Um, sit down and watch it with your kids. And then, and then after you're done with that, watch, go to YouTube and watch the highlights of uh, the actual Field of, Gr- Field of Dreams ball games uh, from last year and this year. And then after that, put your kids to bed and watch all our episodes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guys, we appreciate you uh, hanging out with us again in the shed. Uh, we appreciate you uh, listening to our stuff and, and giving, our, giving the comments. As we always say, drive safe, have your plan. Uh, don't risk anything that's it's just not worth it. That's right. We, uh, we appreciate you guys. Be sure to like and, and share our videos. Uh, follow us on YouTube, on, on uh, Twitter, and TikTok. The, all the likes and follows and shares, that helps us out, helps us grow our channel, and uh, helps us spread, spread our message. Yep. We appreciate it, guys. We'll see you.